This is the roast of Waffles the Cat. This is the roast of Waffles the Cat. Hey, when does Star Wars come out? Do you guys watch Star Wars? Yeah. Are you? Do you like it, Alex? I like it. I wish it didn't go against my Christian beliefs, but um, we should have a marathon. Because I w- I'm not a huge Star Wars person, but if I I won't watch all of them. I want to rewatch all of them, but I don't want to like sit at home by myself rewatching Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, like I a would. Loser. I would do that for the episodes. I guess four, five, six. Well, yeah, I'm but not gonna that. make you sit through Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I also want to watch Rogue One again because that was cool. I haven't seen Rogue One. Rogue One. What really? Rogue One's on Netflix. Rogue yeah. One's good. For- I did not like Force Awakens very much. Alyssa, I like Force Alyssa will not let me watch it. She says that it has rogues in it, and then she won't watch any film with rogues in it. That's it. That's what it is. Her favorite book is Going Rogue, isn't that the case? Oh, she's nine copies still, right here. Uh, gotcha journalism. Interesting. Oh, by the way, John, I'm just going to start recording and we're going to figure it out. <laughs> uh, we're here. We're doing left jest. Uh, we're interrogating my girlfriend and my cat. Thank you for tuning in. Finally. I'm Alex Patak. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Prosecutor, Andors Lee. Hey, Andors Lee here. Or if we're talking Star Wars, Andors, Andors Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And slash Orsley. <laughs> Um, something, something. I'm uh, here too. Hands off, Syria. Hoth, Syria. Hands off, Syria. Hands off, Hoth. That, oh that no! Was, uh, yeah, the they're the empire did have like a small anti uh, <laughs> Hoth imperialist <laughs> movement solidarity yeah, really with the cool. Eddie. Just ain't they had a die in in their uh, walk-in fridges. <laughs> a freeze. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. Uh, we got a good joke out of that, and also Rock of Meta. Hello. I'm Ro- here. Rorgov. Do you think there were like uh, like goths in Hoth and they'd call them Hoth goths? <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined today by a very special guest, co- close friend, uh, comedian in the scene Woo! and host of a different podcast, John Bellancini. <laughs> Hello, Left Jesters. How are Hello. you? Hello. Thank you for using our phrase we ask you to use as a guest. <laughs> Call our, them left jesters. I'm just I'm going Our over fans. going over the notes. Hey jesters was... <laughs> you're tuning back in and if you're looking for underwear, you're not gonna find a better quality than Beyondies. I do like that you gave me a list of drops that I have to have yeah. to cover at some point during like... this. Endorse Nambla now <laughs> <laughs> as a performer you want to be propping up I really I really tricked you guys by handing you Excuse me, by handing you that sign when I got here. You right, took a yeah. quick photo, Mentioned threw it up online. Pod. What are the daily uh, the tasks of Nambla? What are, what are they up to? Are they real? They're yeah. definitely real. They have a Wikipedia page. Ginsburg, so Alan Ginsburg was a uh, staunch supporter. Oh, yeah, him oh. and Burroughs loved really? little boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the beat, all the beat poets that, were like yeah. huge yeah. pedos. Well, he said it was Out a free speech. <laughs> Well, going back to the old uh, Antifa straw man, he Ginsburg would say this is a free speech issue. Did mm. what was he just like hanging out with some man boy lovers? I How think did so. He even yeah, come up? I think he Ginsburg had a lot of relationships with younger men, so yeah. it it makes sense. Like a real Milo. 
I well, think, uh, no, yeah. well, I think oh, you man, call totally. him Milo. Alan yeah. Jisberg. That's Alan what I call Jisberg. him. Yeah. I think he, I think he um, bedded a lot of men who were boys at heart. Oh, no. Potentially, <laughs> a, potentially actual boys. Like, yeah, like well. Stuart from Mad TV. He had sex with a lot of that type of... That was his type. I thought you were pausing to back up the assertion. And then you were like, well, Double they down. bedded. But. <laughs> you know, just like on Mad TV. Get the so. words right. Shout out to Mad TV. Yeah, Frank Caliendo, he can do any impression. A true master of the craft. I like Swan, Lady, Miss Swan. I have to say, day four of living in an Antifa controlled america is pretty great yeah there they gave me an extra hour over the weekend which was nice and i had yesterday off for election day which we've had it in the past but i feel like they guaranteed i would have it this year so that Mm -hmm. was nice as well i kind of did i'm into it after the takeover on saturday that they could stop a shooting by monday but uh, Mm, that's a lot to ask though no they like the chaos (laughs) <laughs> the flames spread the well, flames. Well, the shooting if, was a scheduled false flag op that they couldn't cancel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just bureaucratic That's nonsense. States, How yeah. incredibly predictable was it that it was immediately blamed on Antifa? <laughs> Who blamed right. it on Antifa? Uh, the, it was in Texas. The guy, uh, Alex Jones's um, web guy did. <laughs> uh, he, he started that rumor right away, and Mike Cernovich did too. Did you um, um, Did you guys see the Fox and Friends clip? Uh, when she was like, "It's bad. They got shot in a church. But if I want to go, I'll. I'd want to be in a church." Yeah, I saw that. And she's what? like, "Yeah, literally." She literally said that, and she's just like, "And now they don't have to suffer anymore." What and the, angle? and Steve Ducey <laughs> and the other hosts were just fucking losing their minds. The, the <laughs> angle is that uh, I don't even know her name, but the the new blonde on Fox and Friends is super duper religious and tries to work yeah God it, into everything. Mm, I forgot. Pretty misogynistic. You just call her the new the new blonde. blonde I know. John. <laughs> The atomic wow. blondes. It is. She's a great <laughs> that's, person. That's right. kind of. It also doesn't narrow it down in the slightest for Fox News. That's yeah. also true. Seventy-five percent. Megyn Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Even though twenty seventeen Gretchen Carlson is uh, Gretch super religious. Where is Megyn Kelly now again? Uh, she's about Where? to get Emerson fired by World. NBC yeah. because nobody's watching her show. I love that they did that. They thought that was that's like the. That's the like telecommunications version of uh, Democrats reaching out to moderate Republicans. <laughs> like, oh, this will help us. That's what they've done. They've totally like there was some pretense to progressivism in, at MSNBC, but since the election, it's like totally like hashtag. Well, she's with moderate NBC, resistance, right? Megyn Kelly. She, yeah, she uh, was yeah. just with straight NBC. NBC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were getting she had, they're a, like, she had like her. a new Dateline type show. Yeah, they're grooming her as like the next Katie Couric or something. Yeah. Mm. MSNBC, She's no mobile suit, NBC. <laughs> Katie Couric. The Japanese channel. <laughs> <laughs> it has Microsoft Network in the name, so it's not, yeah, I always it's not like that. it can be super right. progressive. That was around the time I found out what <laughs> MS multiple sclerosis was, so I o- would wonder, like, oh, are these people who are suffering under the... That's why MS-13, <laughs> the gang, is one of the most woke gangs. Because <laughs> it's all differently abled people coming together murdering families and taking territory. Did you, I think I saw were you behind Gillespie's campaign? <laughs> was, I was didn't know what... MSNBC, <laughs> MS-13, there's a show. I forgot that was a gang and I just like didn't know what that was for two days. So I'm like, why is everyone posting about a computer program right now? Because <laughs> it was everyone's like punchline for a while. I yeah, have why a, is that their name? Is that, Are they trying to fly under the radar? Is that what it is? Mm. Like you have a code. What are you hiding from? <laughs> oh, it's it's <laughs> like, sounds it's like, like a bunch of I nerds. Think it's, uh, actually, it's Mara Salvatruca. 
is what it means. Huh? Um, I, I don't speak Spanish, but it's something along those you lines. You don't? I don't, yeah, clearly. Um, <laughs> Meri Salvatruca? Yeah, I believe that's okay. what it is. Like uh, Maria Hernandez. I lived in the... Of, that's just another Latin woman's name. <laughs> I lived in I lived in the DC area. We're getting for, problematic already. <laughs> I lived in the DC area for a long time, and so it, it was, was awesome. it was in the post a lot. So, uh, oh okay, got a little bit. Yeah, of the they actually on it. as <laughs> yeah, as a young it'd boy. Be funny if you're like, I lived in DC for a while. It was in the post a lot. I read a lot of New York Post out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get it special delivered now. Uh, I actually it, it cures a, what ails you. <laughs> as a young boy, I my the folks lived in Arlington, Virginia. And there was a, I don't know if it was MS-13, but there was a gang that part of their initiation would be to steal Toyotas. And they did that to my family. That's it wouldn't surprise yeah. me they because they're, they they're by far the, the, the most notorious gang in Northern Virginia. So, and also the, uh, the Maryland suburbs too. So Right. MS-13? Yeah. They're huge in the D.C. Aren't area. They like a, like well, they're El Salvadorian. Thing? Um, no, they're well. They're, they're international. Yeah, I think they're yeah. international, but I mean, they're they're it originated Prominent, in El yeah. Salvador, and there's a lot of uh, refugees from El Salvador who settled in the D.C. area in the early '80s. So they just became an outgrowth of that. Well, we brought John in today because of his background and his day job, which is uh, federal prosecution law, <laughs> finding these gangs, breaking them apart. <laughs> um, but he also on his other day job they have uh, shotguns he has a briefcase and uh, <laughs> with a shotgun in it i'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. the institution wrong uh wh wh i'd actually prefer if you didn't name the institution, the institution? but i i, I, I work i work uh, for the new york city government in some capacity John doing okay. would only do our interview uh behind a cloak with a voice modulator <laughs> but we just can you give me a cooler voice than i have <laughs> i would appreciate that if you can make me sound less midwestern that would be great <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll give you a fine southern accent. This is two lawyers in a row for Left Just. Two lawyers in a row. That's right. Not naming where John works. Anyway, <laughs> John's a smart guy. We're going to talk to him about the law. Um, law episode. There was one thing I, I wanted to mention uh, speaking since we were talking about M MS-13. I have a tangential connection to Ed Gillespie. Ooh. You do, yeah, and that we—I've met him before. You were both in MS13. Yes, that was it. <laughs> did a stint together, and back he, in one. He—I liked it a lot more than he did, so that's why he had all those mean things to say about it during the campaign. But uh, we went to the same college, and also at the same time. No, no. I mean, I, I'm old, but not that old. Um, <laughs> but uh, and also Terry McAuliffe is a graduate of, he of Catholic. He could have been like a headmaster or something so. like a. No, it, when he was head of the RNC and McAuliffe was head of the DNC, they during uh, the Kerry W um, election, they staged a debate on campus. And so they both came, Lucky debated you. each other. And Gillespie was a really nice guy. He was very McAuliffe didn't talk to anybody. He well, was I very he personable wins. and, uh, you know, like shook hands and stuff. But also he was one of the architects of the Iraq war. So, yeah. you know, you got to yeah. take the good and take the he bad. He shake anyone's hands. They were covered in blood. McAuliffe Ooh, covered this... in blood, folks. Whoa. He, speaking of blood so and McAuliffe, he, uh, his wife was giving, it was either she's on her way to give birth or coming home from the hospital. And he stopped uh, to go to a for Democratic Culver's. party. For, for Culver's. <laughs> No, well, might as well have been for a fundraiser. <laughs> Culver's <laughs> would have been better. He went to a Democratic <laughs> yeah, Party fundraiser while his wife was in labor. In labor? What? Yeah. That's why? 
money, dude. Yeah, he's not like good <laughs> parties. He's a party man. Yeah, it's like he's a machine guy. Us so. doing an open mic. Yeah. It's like we got to do halyards. Hardest working. Possibly worse. Yeah. Hard to Podcast th- and show business. So yeah, I, I didn't. I I didn't have like super positive feelings about Gillespie, but but the 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 hard right turn that he took to like be mini Trump during the election was like pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, more so than the other stuff he's done, especially right. because uh you know it's the he went to the Catholic University of America and it's supposed to be you know very pro immigrant and pro you know MS thirteen the less the lesser among us type thing and and he took a hard turn. So anyway, and uh, supposedly he's still like a practicing Catholic and all that. Wow, and he claims to be a Catholic. His greatest. It, I think it's it. It is the first uh, <laughs> first black mark on Catholicism throughout history. I think yeah, the first, time. It's the first <laughs> thing we've done wrong. Yeah, it's un, un, untainted institution. Spotlight, a new spotlight years, just about Ed Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, okay, why don't, let's, we've stumbled onto this. Let's talk the elections, boys. Gillespie tragically struck down in his own home. <laughs> I not losing the election, just to be clear, not in any mm. violent way. Mm-hmm. He has to fall back on being an incredibly powerful lobbyist now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely make ends meet without that Virginia nice politics salary. is really, is one of the most cynical I mean, it's all bad everywhere, but especially Virginia, I feel like, is a very cynical political system. It's the heart I mean, of the South. All yeah. of the, all of the well, Democrats to this too. point have been technocrats. Like, they had Mark Warner and... Yeah, because they're in there for one term. They, they have one... The governor can only be there for four years. Is Webb from there? Yeah, yes. Webb is yeah, also Jim from Webb's there. from there? Yes. He killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably very proud of one. <laughs> yeah. One, he just likes to reference a lot. Jim <laughs> Webb. <laughs> That's what makes him special because there's a lot of people in politics who have killed a person and they're not uh, bragging about it. In a, in a yeah, they probably all think he's like a pussy. It's like, yeah, yeah Webb thinks he's cool because he killed one guy once. He's like when everyone's like picking fr- on a nerd and they come out too hard and it's like, well, this, does, this is very upsetting. He said you kill all of us in our sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one of them, see, Oliver North, uh, ran for Senate in Virginia in 1994. And, uh, like, this is the guy who was at the head of the Iran-Contra scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, Did people know that then? Yeah, he, yeah. Went, he had gone oh, to yeah. prison yeah, for yeah. it. He was <laughs> the only one prosecuted or convicted, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he gets he gets his deal done or whatever, and then he comes back to Virginia and runs for Senate, and the guy he's running against is just, like, the walking embodiment of Democrat voice. Like, this Chuck Robb was his name. Uh, there's a whole documentary about this <laughs> we should watch, but but this guy he w- had a sex scandal, Chuck Robb, and instead of just owning up to it, he like went out of his way to give this elaborate story about how he went into a hotel room with a supermodel. They gave massages, drank champagne, but had no <laughs> and sex. And he accidentally whatsoever. fell on her at yeah. some point. Yeah. In time. <laughs> That's like Larry Craig. Yes, this is yeah. It, it was yeah. It was oh, like the hetero version of that. I my foot like this sometimes. Right. <laughs> I'll just say <laughs> And then he like, he fucking. He's got he, restless leg syndrome, but it only exhibits itself when he's in a bathroom yeah. at the airport. <laughs> so, But he ran a, a camp where this was like, uh, you know, during the Clinton years. And he said in the debate, he was, he, he literally said, I will take food from the mouths of widows and orphans if it can go to solving the deficit crisis. Whoa. This is a Democrat. 
And he, why isn't <laughs> he was, our president? <laughs> <laughs> this was the guy whose sex scandal uh, looked bad compared to Iran Contra, so he decided to double down with yeah. taking <laughs> yes. food out of the mouths of children. Yeah. <laughs> I have to show you tape of this guy. I would try to do an impression, but it would break the... Oliver North had a pretty successful second act after getting out of prison. Yeah, I think he's doing show on Fox, right? Yeah, yeah I think he still Fox. is. He's uh he's in with industry and that's what the whole game is about. Fox has uh employed more convicted felons than I think the other two networks, right? Yeah. I would yeah, I'd say that's fair. That's probably I, the I'm case. trying to think. I have no idea if that's true or not, but it sounds true. Yeah, I'm just going to go sale. with it. Yep, you I heard think it Scott here. Peterson last. has a daytime show now. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he was slandered. <laughs> Him yeah. and Fogel, um, <laughs> Scott Peterson and Jared Fogel take over Fox and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> the clown murderer, <laughs> you know him. Uh, yeah, so luckily uh, Oliver North was not running because uh, it would have been a hard year for him in this left swing we're having. But yeah, uh, Danica Rome won an election to in Virginia to become the first transgender elected official. Yay. Openly. Op- everyone clap. Please clap. And See, she we respect she beat a a, a fixture in Virginia politics too. A guy I believe he ran for governor in the last go around. Robert G. Marshall. Yeah. No, this is a, yeah, that this cool is a guy bathroom bill. Yeah, he called himself. He called himself the chief homophobe. Mm-hmm. Chief like homophobe. That. Chief. This is Native American. Native American. I am chief homophobe. I found. I found out today that actually they. Uh, just, they. She wasn't the first. She's not the first transgender elected official. There was uh, actually one in. First openly transgender. No, uh, in uh, Boston, actually, from uh, I think ninety-two to ninety-four. I read about this woman today. Oh really? Yeah, African American woman uh, was the first transgender statewide elected official. Oh, I guess this says one of the nation's first openly transgender. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. not like there's, there's also tons a, of them. Yeah, so there's I'm also a trans uh, woman elected to city council in Minneapolis, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, third ward, I think. Andrea Jenkins, that's her name. And there was there was also one in Pennsylvania. And then Minneapolis, we got uh, Ginger Jensen, who was DSA, endorsed on the mm-hmm. city council. Who but runs the world? Girls. That's right. Now we're, we're seeing the takeover. No! <laughs> <laughs> Left Jest will be we should canceled. All, yeah. But how will we as men have opportunities in the future, right? Uh, we won't. I mean, we need a limited number of semen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll move big rocks. I'm gonna like do postmates forever. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Rock of your doing situation doing will not change. Postmates <laughs> at forty five. <laughs> I would love to be a stay at home dad. I'm saying it right Oh, I'm now. I'm fully for that as well. If me or you <laughs> You at you especially because I think you, you look like you'd be a good dad. But yeah, um thank you. John wants I just don't want to work. Bitch. So yeah. <laughs> if you're listening and are a wealthy a, a woman of means Come get Anders. Yeah, I'm available. He likes older women. Uh, uh, not disputing that claim. Yeah, um, especially if you work for the MTA in some capacity. Oh. 
This could be one specific story. You're a big but maybe fan it's of conductors. Or? Whoa, we have some bonus content. We'll have to do. <laughs> are are yeah. you talking the people who actually are on the trains or or the people in the booth? Like, uh, what's your preference? They run the trains, and sometimes Andrew runs, runs the trains. Andrew's wife. Solo. Also, it was just one wow, car. This has been derailed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell when we plan these. Wow, let's end the podcast um, forever right there. I can talk about lawyer stuff, too, if you guys want. Wait, no, yeah. right. We started doing the election stuff. We have to cover more election stuff. Well, Minneapolis, Ginger, Ginger Jensen, yeah, she's a big fight for 15 advocate. But they also elected for mayor this guy, Jacob Fry. Fucking hate Jacob Fry. Yeah, people are, na- are nicknaming him Tommy? Gentrification. Oh, that's great. Oh, the, that's people are also calling name. him the new Tommy Carcetti. Whoa. Yeah, wow. yeah, he's the Tommy Carcetti in Minneapolis. They're calling him uh, Fry from Futurama, but when they brought it back and it wasn't as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to sell the fucking city to developers. Yeah. It's gonna. It's That's yeah, it really sucks. shitty because Betsy Hodges... Was uh, incompetence. Yeah, she sucked, but she was at least, you know, like sort of pretending. Yeah, like she came to, to our comedy shows. Did she really? Yeah, I did a show the with mayor? her one time. The, it was really <laughs> weird. Shows incompetence. We <laughs> we I did a show <laughs> at the up. Fitzgerald Theater, uh, for oh, like NPR. That's where I graduated from high school. At the Fitzgerald yes, Theater. That's oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. a great theater. But uh, it was uh with NPR, and they booked me and one other comedian and some other guy, and then the mayor was there. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, uh, yeah, I totally belong here. And then she goes, she comes up to me, and she goes. Thank you for being funny in public. Like, <laughs> she's a fucking robot or Thank something. Thank you she know. for your service to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Did she have somebody whisper in her ear before she said yeah, that? It was so weird. <laughs> Did she know she was in St. Paul? Because oh, a lot yeah, of people right. make that mistake, especially at the Fitzgerald. I went to several events there where people would be like, Thank you, Minneapolis. And then, oh. of course, because it's Minnesota, half the people are like, Well, it's an easy mistake. <laughs> are, are you both from St. Paul? Nice. I'm a Minneapolis guy. You're I'm or, from no, Minneapolis. Wait, what what yeah. the fuck did I just say? Jesus You're St. Paul, bro- I was brother. Paul yeah. Wow. This is, it's bad. What, what's As happening? As a Catholic, I don't like that you're turning your back on a saint. You have yeah. that <laughs> ghostly uh, St. Paul aura about you. You, you. you look like a ghost, just I, what I'm saying. My man looks like a ghost. <laughs> uh, well, you know what doesn't look like a ghost? The new mayor of St. Paul, who is the first African-American to serve in that office. Woo! Melvin Carter, shout out, used to rent videos to him Race back joke. in the day. Oh, I was stuck on the other city. Oh, seriously? Well, more elections, more elections. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, who was the uh, the DSA endorsed uh, guy who won? Carter Lee. Carter, Carter Lee. Lee. Yeah, that's Carter right. Carter Lee or Lee Carter? Oh, fuck. It's Lee, Lee's Lee his last name. Car- okay. Yeah, Carter um, Lee. But he's both of the names from Rush Hour, which is how everyone remembers. Yeah. And also, when you're supporting him, you're like, look at him. We love him. He's like both of the men from Rush Hour. Um, but he's one man, and he looks like a nice white potato. Yeah, my reaction <laughs> to seeing that was watching Rush Hour clips for an hour last night instead of reading about the election. And boy, some of that movie holds up. What uh, state? What state was that? Virginia. Oh, that was also yeah. Virginia. And also the 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 man whose um whose girlfriend was executed on on camera a few years ago. Yeah, the p- reporter. Yeah. Yeah, he won um in the in Western Virginia. Mm. Well, Wait, yeah, on a on a gun control platform. Yeah, on a gun yeah, control yeah. platform. Western or West? Western Virginia. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, uh, Lee Carter, DSA endorsed, um, was a big shocking upset. Also in Virginia, 
So it's a big year for Virginia. See, I've heard that he, because um, some of my friends who are more of the center left uh, orientation were were posting about like, hey, some socialists are getting elected on the Democratic Party's coattails, and uh, uh-huh. that's good. We're united, or whatever. But I've heard or I read somewhere he got basically no funding from the party, and like a lot of this stuff is happening in spite of. Yeah, they disavowed right. him. I read that today. That he yeah, basically was left on his own. He had this. Yeah, and called him unelectable a year or two. All these people unelectable. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe this election being positive would change that. And everyone's like, they love that he's a socialist. And actually, we're just uh, the Soviet Communist Party now. And that would just be the switch they'd make. Uh, There was a great uh, smear campaign against him um, done by the Republicans right before the election came out, which was uh, uh, Lenin, Mao, Stalin and uh all marks and like next to each other in this ominous red background and then just like his white face is like is <laughs> like don't let carter lee seize your toothbrush I, yeah, I, I saw that ad i, I think it ad. probably helped him that he had a military background too oh definitely yeah he's a marine right um yeah air force no you might be right i'm sorry and a copper good head. for him he is a ginger yeah he's a ginger as well and a that head. probably didn't help him. ginger in minneapolis Equally ginger in west virginia respectful there we go. backgrounds Red. as we've seen Ooh. from uh Rogov's tale there about getting uh thanked by the mayor uh, pe- having a service record is important in public affairs mm-hmm. was there anything in new york city that you guys were really surprised about or um jabari got like did not 20 win at you all. got like 28 percent right yeah, 8,000 votes. Um, I checked in when it was like 70% reported and was like, huh. Yeah. Then, he did uh, well, all things checking. considered. Like, yeah. I think ben Kissel got like 5% too, actually, for uh, for Brooklyn Borough President. Right, right. Was he or like a reform? Kind of, I can't forget that guy. It was kind of libertarian-ish sort of. Yeah, he was running in the one of the alternate okay. uh, lines. Um, huh. Yeah, well, I Jab- saw something. This was before the election was fully up. Borough President. Like, might be unseated. Oh, because of the Weinstein? His failure to prosecute on multiple occasions. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, that was what the controversy was, because it started with Weinstein, and then there was also the, the fact that the the um, Ivanka and Don Jr. Oh, fraud? Yeah, they, yeah. Had the, the, they brought him the evidence for that, too, and he declined to prosecute on that. But, yeah, he won again in spite of the... Uh, he didn't really have... I mean, it's, no. there was a writing campaign, but that, that was un- insurmountable. Yeah, the fun writing campaign. Oh, yeah. A- another insane thing that happened this week revealed that Weinstein was using ex-Massad agents to spy and manipulate his accusers, which came out yesterday, which is insane. Did you see that? Did you guys I see saw that? It, yeah, I read it. It was it. insane. Shoe. Yeah. This I think there's just going to be more shoes. <laughs> I, of I absorb a lot of right. internet, so I, I certainly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I read at least a, a little bit about that. <laughs> Get well, a lot of emotions. Very few names attached. But yeah, yes, you know today's good because there's some good news for the first time in a long time. And we yeah, and we are going to see what someone we were talking a little bit about last week, uh, which brings us to the legal issue. DA in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner was just elected. Yeah, I saw hell that. yeah, yeah, the and Kras. That's right, and he well, we'll see what happens because he's been um, a big supporter of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, he's spent his career pro- trying to prosecute the police department or suing them. Yeah, yeah. So, is he gonna fold? 
is basically. Or are they going to kill him? Yeah. You're going to have with the bowl, and you're going to get the crabs. <laughs> He's gonna get Pretend we said something about Spain first, so that maybe that ties in more than it did. <laughs> uh, just structurally looking at how any of these um, like bright-eyed optimists are elected into these like brutal administrative positions, uh, they fold every single time. So that's what I'm betting will happen. I feel like you have to have a very, very limited constituency not to. Um, fold at least a little bit. I mean, when you're when you're representing a broad constituency, it, it's a lot harder to please everybody and, when and you're a stick job to your like ideals. The DA, I mean, you're essentially in charge of locking people up. Um, yeah. No matter how much you're against it, that's still you're the face of that now. So mm-hmm. you're going to get stuck doing some. Can he just myth of the progressive prosecutor? Well, but, but yeah. What happens Kenneth, if he Kenneth just Thompson? Uh, we saw it with uh, who who passed away, but his his protege is is was just elected the DA in Brooklyn. Um, you saw a little bit when he came into office, where he was trying to enact change. He was declining to prosecute on low level drug offenses, and he was there. There is um, there's some prosecutorial discretion involved, so it it doesn't extend, you know too far you still have to uphold the law but you can sort of emphasize you know certain things that you think are more important and de-emphasize other ones and i mean if we look at a a terrible example of it is cy vance (laughs) who Mm. you know if you're rich enough and powerful enough you just will decline to prosecute but thompson did some really good things uh where he basically said at, at one point you know i'm not gonna uh lock anybody up for stop you know stop and frisk is has been ended in new york but that sort of thing like if low level street drug offenses i'm not locking people up for that anymore new so, da in town there's no rules so you have discretion you know within the bounds of the law but yeah so and krasner could take that uh, you know several steps further if he wanted to so Can krasnow krasner uh nur i believe krasner yeah i'm thinking of ron right now <laughs> yeah krasner democracy now <laughs> well can is can he be sued or held accountable on a legal way for not for not doing his job uh, with due diligence. Well, you would have to have standing first and also when you're a public official, you have um at least modified immunity. So, mm-hmm. it you can't really be you you can be sued, but um, I don't know how far it would go. It would depend on what it is, right. too. That's rude to sue. Yeah. Um <laughs> would I'm, you I know I felt by the end of the night um, after doing some work for Jabari's campaign, which still made a huge stride in getting as much of the vote as he did, that um, I really would like to focus more efforts now on insurgent primaries than third-party campaigns. Um, I don't like spending time working for stuff that doesn't pan out, and it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we tried. Th- we lost to uh, that way too with um. Team. Right. Well, and you want to win the insurgent yeah. campaign, but like, I think it depends on. Is it just that whoever I try to help is going to lose? <laughs> because Cotter lost, Bernie lost, Jabari lost, um, Larouche. Just in general, LaRouche teams I like seem like they lose. Um, sometimes my friends die. <laughs> 
I just in a, I'm in a dark place right Alex now. Alex campaigned for the Buffalo Bills for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but that Are was you're well, wondering I, I don't if, you know. are, if you're personally cursed. I want to know if I'm to. cursed, and I need someone else to speak on this. Well, I don't know. Did you're, you? Did you? Was there a big like Romany population in Needham, Massachusetts, that you encountered when you were not, young? Um, maybe like um. The Irish Romany, you know, like a uh, Brad Pitt in that one movie. Right, like was like a snatch. Yeah, Brad like, Pitt. it's like it's like Boston's like snatch. <laughs> you don't need to know anything else. It's like the movie Snatch. <laughs> well, I I don't know. Someone like Jabari years ago would have no political clout or staying power in a race. So. Right. Well, that's why right now I'm feeling like third parties. Um, every everyone who is not extra politically involved. Um. They see three names on a ballot. They see a Democrat or Republican. They see other, and they're not going to pick other. Um, maybe the landscape for politics will change in 10 years or 20 years where these new um, insurgent candidates maybe have more success and there's just more political capital and will uh, to having socialists attached to your name or other big organizations. But uh, right now, it just seems like you want to win. It's certainly more tenable to work within the system. It, it always will be right but the old-fashioned debate is if you work in the system are you going to get funneled into uh whittling your demands down to the point where they're no longer not, not helpful but uh uh revolutionary Relevant, i yeah. guess uh, a or significant effective. change yeah. yeah so i mean ideally you would want to win with a really big new team with a really big rings and they got mm -hmm. really nice things they need some really big rings. Yeah. What a time. <laughs> well, to be alive. I, I do think it's, it is situational still. I mean, in New York uh, specifically, like I'm registered as an independent. I did switch Democrats so I could vote for Bernie and then you I switched fucking back. traitor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, turncoat. <laughs> I think I it honestly, it behooves everybody if you live in New York City to just be registered Democrat because then you know you will have a say in every primary. Because so much of it is decided in the primary, that mm. even if you're registered as a Democrat, it, it just it gives you more. Do options. you want to vote yeah. in the reform or green primaries? Is that what this is about? No, I can't vote in any primary. No, if you're but, independent, yeah, you can't vote in the primaries but if, if you're not people, Democrat or Republican. Yeah, oh, and but that's you get what, less phone calls. What's that? You get less phone calls. Well, but then I get I get phone calls from um, this organization that's uh, for independence. And they have so they just all kinds of different views that have no sort of coherent thing. So they're like, we're, <laughs> we have a reading group for just independent voters. Like, <laughs> what what is that? That's anything from like tax resistors to like people <laughs> who want to ban alcohol again. Oh, like it is no, the there's Italian a pro the, prob the prohibition, prohibition party is yeah. on the rise. Ambla is like at the sitting at the same table. Tax um, resistors sounds like a. Did you guys know what I was talking game. about earlier uh, when I mentioned that Nambla thing? But the did you see that? Uh, I assumed that was why you brought it up with the, uh, the Columbia th University protest. Yes, yes. Um, no, that's that part of the Antifa uprising of last week. Yeah. Which we, um, I mean, if you want to hear about it at length again. Chapo Traphouse did a whole episode on it, so you can check that out. But they, essentially, uh, the media right convinced themselves that there was going to be an Antifa coup in America last Saturday. And the example of that was a protest at Columbia by Antifa. Some right-wing group brought out a sign that said, um, 
hands off pedos or something. Yeah, it listed various things that like anti Cernovich pro Nambla on it. And yeah. they just handed him the sign, took a picture of it, and then posted it online and said, you know, the Antifa is is supporting <laughs> pedophiles. They love mm. boys. Anti Van Nambla, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, Which, uh, I mean, we want, we like the boys. We want the boys to come join our ranks. I like when they come back in town every time. Yeah, I love nice. it when the boys are back in town. <laughs> um, but That's that a Drake is originally song, why we right? brought it up. <laughs> it is a Drake it's song. One of yeah. my favorite Drake songs. Well, um, the the old, old boys club of the Democratic Party establishment. That's uh, right. That's why Nambla is so into them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're progressive minded. They don't yeah. believe in time. We haven't seen <laughs> all of Brazil's uh, revelations. From <laughs> the Nambla papers. New, yeah. <laughs> um, Chapter 13. Um, did anybody look up anything about the Paradise Papers? This didn't week? the journalist who that leaked that like get killed? Thing. The Paradise Papers? Yeah. Oh, I, I know very little about it. Uh, I just glanced. God, at it. too much is happening. Guys. Yeah, dude, it's that would have been of sick if we read about that. I thought they were ta- <laughs> I, when I first saw it. I thought they were talking about the Panama Papers. Yeah, I just kind of assumed well, it was so much paper. <laughs> There's too much paper. It's 2017. You don't have a, a, a email you can send out some kind of blast. EMP. E- an EMP. Um. But um, back to Nambla and uh, Allen Ginsberg and um, the First Amendment. We have John here, and he is an expert at all law, non-criminal. All and so law. we wanted to go all law. It says it says it right there on the sticker he wears on his chair. Yeah, I, I have a badge that Master I wear around. Of <laughs> Master law. of Laws. Again, we will even though I only have a JD, is. but <laughs> I don't actually have an LLM. We wanted. That, that's right. We we were gonna go through some myths about the amendments. Um, so, um, you were saying that the, the sometimes people take the First Amendment out of context when talking about the Internet? Yeah, that happens constantly, and I think we've all encountered it because most people know that, that the First Amendment, or should know, that the First Amendment only protects uh, you from the government infringing on your, your free speech. Uh, I mean, also religion and press, but just you know, focusing on the speech aspect of it, it has to do with government interference. It has nothing to do with a private entity interfering your, with yeah, your like right your to say whatever you want. You, yeah. yeah, and it, it comes, you know, every time somebody prominent in media gets fired for doing something stupid or loses um you know sponsors for doing something stupid then people are like their free speech rights are being infringed upon and and it's not the case it just it's um, such a basic thing that you should learn and um getting uh you know your account suspended on twitter and um the greatest the greatest punishment say you know saying that that my my right to free speech is it's not it's a private company they can run their business however they want to run the business you know if you have a problem with it you can attack them in other ways you know by by hurting their business but they have every right to stop you from saying whatever they want to stop you from saying right and this is a loophole the founding fathers put in because they knew they were all gonna their descendants were gonna buy a lot of stock in twitter yeah exactly a lot of radio shows (laughs) and their predecessors or their people who took over after them is that a predecessor did i say Uh, descendants Descendants. Uh, predecessor would be before them. Yes, the pe- yeah, the future presidents would need Twitter to communicate, is what they have. Yeah, to they do. just knew. They, they <laughs> need it. But I mean, that's that's a big one that bugs me. As and, and not even as a lawyer, I just feel like that's just something people should know. And the fact that that people get 
So what do you, you know, need to know this information right before you're like, well, I would definitely face retribution if I posted this online. Good thing no one can ever give me repercussions for my <laughs> actions, no matter what insane it, shit I it do. It feels like people think that way a lot. And then the, they get all butthurt when, uh, you know, they something bad happens because they said they want to, you know, rape Nazis or whatever. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. Tell me. What, that doesn't come up that much, so, raping Nazis. But. No. So there have been, American there's been some X. backlash about the ACLU announcing that they're not going to defend Nazis anymore. Uh, I think we're all familiar with that. Because, uh, you know, uh, they provided yes. that permit for the, uh, no, the hate rally in Virginia. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, but. Apologies. I, <laughs> I've even heard lefty people being like, oh, that's not right. You should still have to defend Nazis. But it's like their entire philosophy is bent on. I mean, it's It's it's, (laughs) anti-ACLU. Yeah. Well, it's like you can get in trouble for a death threat. Correct. And that. Yeah. Right. There's there's a couple (laughs) instances. um, (laughs) There are exceptions to uh, to your First Amendment rights. And one of them is fighting words. And I want another one is called true threat. And when it comes to something like a death threat, uh, it has to do with with uh, immediacy and imminence and uh, the ability to follow through. So if you are, you know, so that's like, if you're in California and you see somebody on the Internet you don't like and you say, hey, I'm going to kill you. Um, that's not uh, a true threat because sure. there has to be an apparent ability to follow through. So there are some limited exceptions to the First Amendment. But when Macho Man Randy Savage is on TV and they're zooming in on him and he's like, Ooh, Iron Sheik, this Sunday I'm going to put you into the ground. That could be interpreted legally as a death threat. Because there's a day, there's immediacy, you know it's going to happen. No, he has he's, the muscles to do it. He's protected under parody law. <laughs> and does um, that necessarily entail well, death? Maybe you know what? If, put him underground just like yeah, maybe I think that, that, New Yorkers, the MTA. I, I think in order, in order for us to, to tease out <laughs> that scenario, the government would have to um, try attempt to prosecute him for saying that. But Wait. if the WWF were to just fire him for it, there's someone, okay. there's someone in the government whose job is after every wrestling promo, <laughs> he has to go up to the go, uh, uh, organization and be like, just checking in again. I was just here. Is this one serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There, right, there used to be, but that's actually one of the roles that Trump didn't fill in this right, administration. Yeah. Can Larry Krasner prosecute Randy Savage and take down Trump's Twitter? Is it <laughs> all going to happen with this one? Guy? Well, I mean, the Macho Man's dead, but... Uh, Minneapolis guy. I, Iron Cheek's yeah. alive. I think the issue that they have, uh, and actually that's what I thought you were originally alluding to, was um, well, now people are, if the ACLU is saying now they're, that they're not going to defend this anymore because it's been ingrained essentially in their mission statement that they, they would and have in the past, and they're never going to pick um, speech based on the popularity of it. And the example that comes up all the time when the when people say oh the ACLU defends nazis it's because they 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 uh did defend uh in Skokie Illinois uh the the when they and were trying to get a permit to march um in the early 80s i believe it was um so there's a history there and that's uh, sure. also makes it easy for the ACLU to be a punchline because then they're like oh yeah you defend nazis what well, march was it uh, it was in Skokie Illinois i believe it was in the early 80s um, there was a group of neo-Nazis who wanted a permit to march. 
and the ACLU defended them when when they didn't want to issue the permit. Okay, so do you, because, in my humble opinion, uh, their philosophy is basically uh, genocide against Mm -hmm. everyone who is not white, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but do you think the ACLU choosing not to defend them based on their philosophy really conflicts with their message, their mission statement? Mission statement? statement? Uh, In a a vacuum, yes, it does, because their idea, the uh, whole idea behind the Civil Liberties Union is that we're going to defend your rights to say what you say regardless of the message. So um, it does conflict. I actually, uh, when I was in law school, I, um, I was a research assistant for the former president of the ACLU. And um, so we deal with these like, abstract concepts all the time. And uh, also, just my personal views on the ACLU are that, that they sort of exist above reality. Um, they're sort of there's they sort of exist in their own bubble um my sister worked for the aclu for a long time and she was very ground level trying to protect people's rights but i feel like the executive side of the aclu is sort of like i guess uh, to use a dated term they're like yeah they're like limousine liberals essentially liberal farts well i think there is something to be said for um viewing protecting legal right to speech because I mean I do have issues with the ACLU uh, in terms of money because they view money as speech campaign contributions of speech which I, I think is pretty ridiculous but uh, if money and times. other people on the like radical left have pointed this out if you have um, laws being passed legislation going after hate speech going after uh, neo-nazis and stuff that's inevitably gets used against activists on the left like you know the and that's not what antifa wants antifa is not going around trying to pass laws limiting uh speech they're act they're getting on the ground and trying to disrupt the speech they're like a special defense force yeah they're, they're not like uh, the x-men exactly they're not uh, going into the courtroom they don't have words so much as they have a garbage can full of banana peels and they pour it on your head <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, how's it feel being covered in slime? In, in itself, that is Nazi a form scum. of speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and it's protected. Uh, it's the law. symbolic speech. Um, it is okay. protected in the law. Well, let's you know, move on to banana peels, burning a flag. Same, same deal. Yes. Oh, burning flags. Do we have anything on that? For it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, amendment number two. Oh yeah. Every I did. American can and should have a gun. It's high noon at noon. <laughs> That is the text. <laughs> that the that is what it says. Yeah. That's what kind true. of gun challenge would you have? That. Uh, what a musket! musket. I would challenge the text uh, in saying that um, that's not actually what it says. But okay. <laughs> I the reason I, I what it says here in be, my joke notebook. Before <laughs> before we started uh, recording today, I, I was talking about this a little bit because I there was a New Yorker article a few days ago uh, following our most recent mass shooting. And the reason the, what they wrote in the article is like, oh, well, a lot of people don't realize this. The individual right to own a gun has only been in existence for nine years. And that reason for that is that um, in 2008, there was the Heller decision at the Supreme Court. And prior to what that decision essentially said was that um, the text of the Second Amendment uh, guarantees an individual's right to own a firearm and it what prompted this 
uh, there was a guy named Heller in D.C. because D.C. had very, very strict gun laws. And he and a few other people um, filed this suit, you know, saying you can't put all these restrictions on us. We have this this right to own a gun. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Bill of Rights. Um, so eventually this wound its way all the way to the Supreme Court. And in a, I think it was a 5-4 decision, it was authored by Scalia, and Scalia invented, Mr. Originalist Antonin Scalia in, invented this individual right to own a gun that has been enshrined in the Bill of Rights, supposedly since they were written. Uh, up until that point, the Second Amendment was never a very controversial amendment. Uh, there had been almost no case law that went to the Supreme Court on the Second Amendment. The, I think the previous decision before Heller was in the 1930s. And it had always been taken for granted that this applies to, you know, the, the militia portion of the Second Amendment that everybody ignores. Right. Uh, well, in the last in nine years, everybody militia, ignores. Like and, Antifa does. And previously, yeah, like it, it, it only applied to Antifa. Only Antifa could have could form a militia. guns right, up until yeah. that point. But um, Scalia let everybody else have them because Antifa was just too dangerous. Because so somebody dangerous had to him. fight back. But it, the way it used to be was it was all left to the states. And then, you know, if you lived in a state or a city that had very lax gun laws, you could have lax gun laws. You could have as many guns as you wanted or whatever. If you lived in San Antonio, oh, that's a bad example because that's where the shooting happened. Um, if, you, if you lived in uh, Gilbert, Arizona, you mm -hmm. could have guns, you know, all the guns you want. But if you lived in New York City or you lived in Chicago place or, or Boston, Massachusetts, places with very strict gun laws... You know, you could only you could have a, a rifle in your closet that couldn't be loaded, and that was it. Um, so what this did was that it enshrined this this right on a federal level because it took place in D.C. And then there was a case in Chicago that then went to the Supreme Court. That then um, I, I used to be better at this uh, via the Fourteenth Amendment got applied to the states. So. Now, the individual right to own a gun exists in every state. So people are afraid to push back on this because uh, they think it's part of the 200-plus-year-old document when really it's just one of those wacky things in the late 2000s like Fergie. Yes. <laughs> it's it's essentially... Uh, it all it all boils down to what happened to Will I Am and... Oh, that's the different. Will, no, yes, that's the that's the Fuji. Uh, that was, that was no, a bad pull. Will I am is not the. This is all good. Oh, was I right the first time? You sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were right the first time. We've had centuries of juridical fucking arguing about the real definition of Fergalicious. Yes. <laughs> okay. I do not want to stay on this very long, but I think it's very important we cover it. The shooting on Monday, in a church. Um, innocent people. One. Uh group of the victims three generations of their family was wiped out do you think that because it happened in the church they were going for a double meaning on mass shooting yes um answer carefully <laughs> <laughs> we cannot stay here long i'm gonna go with no 
No. The shooter was a uh, big wordplay guy. <laughs> Their investigation revealed he's he's be, he was seen at pundemonium he, tournaments. He, he only enjoyed country. two things. Gundemoniums. <laughs> he, he, he enjoyed uh, beating his God, wife. I gotta go. Guys. And uh, fracturing his child's skull. And he really enjoyed wordplay. Oh, and that was those it. Those are three Christ. things. But, uh, <laughs> I was I was coupling um, those two. That's a cute joke he used to tell everyone. But uh, yeah, so that's a really sad thing. That yeah. Happened. But these happen every week. So yeah, and almost all these gunmen have some history of domestic abuse. Yeah, exactly. Which is not being talked about nearly enough. Uh, and I think we've talked about it uh, privately. Is like uh, well, we liberal. also had a different episode right after a different mass shooting because yeah, uh, that's. These people are trying to ruin our show, yeah. <laughs> and it makes me so mad. Well, I had to pigeonhole you guys into one topic every single week. You know what they also all have? It's ding-dongs. Yeah, fucking Which, ding- Yeah, no ladies. <laughs> you know? Shoot. More, What's that about? More women. Did you see murders. there was going to be a, a... It was at a high school. A, this female high school student was going to shoot up the place. Empowering. Yeah, but she got <laughs> she got caught first. But she was gonna, you know, make history. To well, my uh, to my knowledge, there's only one female school shooter, and really, yeah, so, so someone actually pulled it off. One, and it's actually it's kind of famous because the Boomtown Rats, uh, which was an early '80s group, wrote a song and uh, referenced her in the song, oh. because she said uh, the reason that that she did it was because she hated Mondays. <laughs> oh. More like Gun people. Days. Oh yeah. God, I love. <laughs> I love this. But gun yeah, she's pun still alive and she's still in jail. I think it yeah. is yeah. wrong yeah. to be a yeah. fun music group and give shout outs to these people. I think shout outs are the wrong directions to go. Yeah, it's weird when like punk Better bands than about though. serial yeah. killers and stuff. Like I think there's a song about the toy box killers out there, um, which shouldn't exist. But yeah. Nebraska, yeah. Bruce Springsteen, that's a great song. Yeah, it is a great song. Yeah. Very good song. And Charlie Starkweather. And uh that was a well, suicide. Yeah, it wasn't really. A I thought it was a mass shooting. Yeah, it was a mass shooting I, I thought it was. Oh, no, he I killed his classmates. A, yeah, he shot all his classmates. I thought it was a suicide. Um, it, but Every that uh, also also wasn't that wasn't based on a a specific incident. So. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's why it's okay because it's artistic license. But Pearl that, Jam, come on the show. Yeah, I just feel I just didn't. I guess just to bring it back, I I. Uh, it just bothers me uh, that that people just assume that we they're like they always point to the forefathers and say you know we've always had this right to bear and it's not true if you actually look at the legal history it's it's it, not true and you the can, record doesn't support that you can push for um, improving these laws they're not fucking sealed in stone but also i would take this a step further to a point i bet you will not co-sign which is uh i don't care if it was in the founding documents of the country we should just re-examine them anyway. no i do co-sign that okay cool i don't well, think anybody should own a gun i think there is actually some very reasonable stuff if you get down to the nitty-gritty of eddie vetter's lyrics right you know i feel Rock like you missed a bit we were talking about but <laughs> <laughs> Spin That's the black circle. <laughs> Spin the black circle wasn't actually about a record. It was about a magazine to like an old Tommy gun. Yeah, That's they were getting out uh, of that. English soldiers quartered in my home. <laughs> okay, wait. What is that? Fourth Amendment? Something like that. Uh, it was the, just a suicide. That's the Third Amendment. Third Amendment. That's right. In Fourth the way. Amendment is search and seizure. Search and search seizure. And okay, so uh, we fifth do ha- amendment is I'm not going to go through all this right now. We are, well, that's what I was about to say. Is we have been recording for around an hour and we've only gotten through two. But uh, are there any other hits that you really want to 
I'm a big fan of the 13th. I think most people are. Um, Call it for the 13th. Yep, big into the 13th. Abolish slavery. I know it's unlucky. Oh, abolishing slavery. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Not unlucky. I'm a fan of the 19th. Gave women the right to vote. Actually, the the anniversary of in New York was the 100th anniversary was the other day. Nice. Wow. Russian Revolution anniversary. Just to clarify, right. Anders did not remember what the amendment was when he said it was unlucky, and then you got to see it play out on his face as he was like, uh-oh. <laughs> hey. Um, Real Richard Personal Spencer. friend of the numeric same Of uh, the 14th, because uh, the, afor- the 14th actually um, is incredibly important. It's all that uh, has to do with uh, due process, and um, basically that was how they managed to uh, incorporate most of the civil rights laws uh, nationwide. So that was a big one, too. 14th. Big fan of the 14th. It's uh, really complicated when you in, are in con law, though, and it takes a while to grasp it, and I've already forgotten half of it. But mm. okay. What was the last one they had? What, was it like 92, something like that? Last amendment was, I think it's the 26th, or is it? Or are we up to 27? Um, was lowering the voting age. I believe oh, really? it was nice. the most recent. Yeah, they lowered it to sixty-nine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We we all you God, really honestly in law school you only country. really focus on <laughs> the primarily the Bill of Rights, and then <laughs> uh, so we would then go to like the Fourteenth, and then that was about it. Because some of them, like the Thirteenth, there's not a lot to say about it. It's just it is it exists for the purpose of abolishing slavery, and then. Same with the the amendment that gave women the right to vote. There's not much else to say beyond that. So, um, well, interestingly, if you get into like a just a, a very long, um, you know, if you do just a course devoted to the amendments, then yeah. you would probably get into all of them. But so yeah, interesting. I'm thinking about those, and they can be kind of muddled by, and you know made a little more uh, debatable with Britney Spears songs. Mm-hmm. I'm a slave for you. I'm a slave for what you. is that? What is a slave, really? Track 13 on that uh, album. <laughs> is it really? How do you know that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm I not a girl, not yet a woman. What she is, did can that she vote? specifically can she for the irony. She's not a girl, not so. yet a woman. Yeah. Um, and that's what Nambla is trying to talk about. You know, when when does the age, what does age mean? The so third, I guess the, the, the one way that, that the 13th has, has recently become um, newsworthy again is, is when people are talking about prison labor. But, That's um, right, the Netflix doc. I should have known from that. Kill a Mike, his songs. Mm-hmm. Slavery is the cornerstone of American prophets. You yeah. know, great lyricist. Um, up there with Pearl Jam. But anyway, uh, I don't feel like we have time to talk about tenants' rights, which was the other thing we were going to talk about on the show, um, unless you feel like we could do that in, like, a quick ten minutes. Do I have to pay rent? uh, Do you want to live somewhere? Yes. What if he buys buys a house? Then he does not have to pay rent. Yeah, so you should just buy the place. You know, I think about this all the time. What if you just, like, found a part of New York people didn't know we had, and then you can just have that? That doesn't exist. I mean, (laughs) I know. That's what they all say. There is an actual concept in property that you're you're referring to right now, but um, it doesn't exist in New York. Well, that's what happened to, like, the mole people. Um, No, it's, uh, but, 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 I can't, I'm sorry, I can't pull it right now. Um. So I'm with not, mole people, you guys know what I'm talking but about? not that. Yeah, not well, like hands. Not like literally people a mole. who live underground. People who yes. lived underground. Yeah. The, well, there's the there's the legal term for squatters' rights, and I can't. I'm just having trouble getting it right. Oh, um, adverse possession. Adverse possession. Uh, 
is almost impossible to establish in a place where people live because yeah. um, you're always going to have somebody who has a claim to the property discovering you. <laughs> also, uh, I think that there's a um, there's essentially a a clean hands policy tied to adverse possession, so you can't really do it knowing that it's wrong. Most squatters don't really wash their hands. I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, even the, water. Sp- <laughs> g- g- the I mean, the more the more people were in a place that was owned by somebody. It was owned by, it was owned by the, the city of New York. I believe. Or, or yeah, Under or the MTA. Amtrak, I think. You can do it like on a Simpsons episode where Bart buys a warehouse for a dollar. Okay. <laughs> you can. Do we have an, any other good tenants questions? Actually, uh, to, to get to something that, that that is sort of related to what Anders said, a question that gets asked of me a lot is if my... And uh, please don't ask me questions if you're a fellow comic. I'm not really supposed to give legal advice. You're not uh, even allowed to know what he does. <laughs> working, he kills children. Working for, for the living. city, we actually have to get permission to do outside legal work. So the I, city is what MS13 is. A lot of a lot of uh, people ask, well, can I withhold rent if the landlord isn't doing something oh, that yes, they should be doing? And the short answer is no. You can't because what you have to understand is that you have in you're still party to a contract and yeah. your obligation under that contract is to pay rent. They have their obligations in which they can, you know, may or may not be doing, but you can't um, break, you know, you, you can't not fulfill your, your obligations just because they're not fulfilling one of theirs. Use all that money you have on top of paying rent. Get a really expensive lawyer and then hold them accountable in court well yeah, but there are things that you can do and um you can use that as a defense um you you can um you can apply the uh if, if they were then to try to evict you for not paying rent as a defense you can um bring you up habitability yeah and say you know they didn't fix this for the but the thing is there's other methods by which you're supposed to accomplish that and not paying rent is not one of them and one thing you can do if you do choose to go that route and you're eventually going to end up in housing court but as a sign of goodwill you're supposed to put that money in um escrow and to show that yeah to show that it's uh, it's an account that you can you can set up an escrow account at a bank Okay. And then you can show that look, I have the money, I'm willing to pay it. It's just that they're not doing ah, fulfilling. There you go. Just their, to be clear, nobody but, running this podcast is going to know any terms of things that have no bank. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I but basically, three I, I, think, I think that the the, the layman's response is always, oh, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, so I'm just not going to pay my rent, and that's not a good thing to do. Okay. I you a, should you should always try to go through the process that's already in place and then as a last resort you can do something like that i do have i have a friend who um was living at a place where they're doing construction in the halls mm-hmm. and like it was just get shit was getting everywhere talking paint flex dust uh, just all over her apartment cool uh, and geez. she was just like yeah i'm not gonna pay you guys gotta stop or i'm not gonna pay rent and they're like okay just don't <laughs> like like <laughs> Yeah. So I maybe mean, they won't know and you can threaten them. Yeah. You're hoping. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel like half of the landlords are uh, clueless. And they get they the really ones. are. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they only focus on the laws that benefit them. Right. So. Right. And can you blame them? You got to. We love landlords on this podcast. That's we're huge on that. 
That's why we call him Landlord. That's the big one. Wait, 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 wait. Andrews, your landlord listens to our show? Uh, I would hope. What? I don't have <laughs> did hard they evidence. or did they not say they listen to our show? I've sent, I've emailed every time they send my rent statement. I send like, hey, can you check out the? Show? <laughs> <laughs> you just drop a link. Yeah. We always forget to bring them to the live show, but we have <laughs> stickers. <laughs> we bought like a hundred, and then Alex found a site where you can get a thousand for the same price, and uh, <laughs> we got some. <laughs> uh, all right. Any other? Let, I feel like we get an even three for these tenants. Questions. That, that that's a big one. Another one that comes up a lot uh, is related to security deposits and what your rights are regarding your security deposit um, when you move out because uh, as I'm sure all of you have experienced at one time or another the the landlord um, likes to do everything in their power not to give that to you yeah right Mm -hmm. and what they're supposed to do according to the law is that if they deduct anything from the security deposit that's supposed to be in writing they're supposed to give you Mm -hmm. an accounting of that no one ever does that Uh, I, I had one one of my apartments in law school, he just took half away and he said, you left a lot of holes and we needed the money. So we didn't fight it at the time, but that wasn't appropriate. Um, we should have, we could have demanded an accounting and he would have to show us everywhere where a that money went. Holes. How big were these holes? Oh, we, There's a we, lot of holes in this guy's argument. We yeah. all, yeah. And, and it didn't, it didn't help his argument that we actually, you know, spackled and filled everything before we left. But maybe, um, maybe if you had gotten in writing, you would have seen <laughs> he was actually he actually meant the young adult novel. Holes. Oh God, I was going to say that. Copies. Just copies of the book. Holes we left everywhere. them everywhere, and <laughs> that's that could it have been the so case. It is so scary that we both l- thought of that. There was a lot of <laughs> a lot of cleanup. He had to water. hire a crew just to get all those books out. What is Shia <laughs> but, LaBeouf and the other, here? The other thing is that uh, the <laughs> law says reasonable time, um, and reasonableness is always kind of hard. I think generally a good rule is 30 days after you move out. If you don't get it within 30 days, that w- that's when you start making demands. And you make a demand in writing. There's actually a form you can find, a form letter on, I want to say it's on the Secretary of State's website mm. uh, to assist you. And then, you know, you threat, that us- the threat of legal action is usually enough because the last thing they want to do is go to court over it. Took me about six months one time. Yeah, that's not oh. a You're reasonable that amount of time. Yoni listens. You remember? Why are you getting your landlord to listen to our <laughs> Well, Yoni, Yoni, Yoni was crony. not following the law. He's so not. Yoni the crony. I we, showed up at his office and intimidated. I did my best to intimidate. They but knew yeah. that we, my wife and I were both attorneys, and they were giving us a hard time and not responding to our phone calls and everything. And it wasn't until I you left a voicemail them. and said, just so you remember, I am a lawyer, and my wife is a lawyer, and we will absolutely take you to court on this. <laughs> they never responded, but we got a check like five days later. Yeah, did you get a fucking fruit basket at your door? And nothing was taken out of it either. So. Oh, wow. So those that's, are the two biggies. Cool. A lot of people ask about that. And, you know, there's other stuff retar- regarding, like, utilities and stuff like that, that if you had specific questions, we could get into. But uh, We're going to try to wrap it up here. So in conclusion, the law... It's pretty cool. And John helped us learn that today. John, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm a you fan any- of the podcast, so I enjoyed mm-hmm. being thanks here. Thanks for listening. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I, I just my podcast, I think. Uh, every Wednesday, it's called Small Screen Casualties. It drops. It's a TV pilot podcast where we talk about one show that did not get picked up, one show that did. Uh, Raghav and Alex were on it recently, so you should mm-hmm. check those you out. Drop in the truth bombs. For... Uh, 
What do we watch? Fucking that uh, you terrible want, political yeah. pilot. Uh, well, Veep was the, yeah, Veep the one was that good. got picked up. That terrible and show, Veep. Then there was a show starring uh, the, the woman from Friday Night Lights as a, yeah. a young intern. Tim's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, that's every Wednesday. So if you want to subscribe, rate and review all that stuff, that'd be great. You can find it at Screen Casualty on Twitter. And I'm at John Bilancini. And also, I'm going to be starting a new podcast in January with Brandon Ream called uh, 1994, which is going to be all about the year 1994. Whoa. Whoa. I love so that year. We're going to go month by month. That was and the uh, Chuck Robb uh, Oliver North election, 1994. Yeah, it probably won't come up. All right. Well, <laughs> Scat Anders on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, am doing stuff. Come to Pete's Candy Store November 16th. Our show November 18th. Yeah. Yeah, extra plug for our show, November 18th. Um, paid protest, Star Bar, 7 p.m. It's a Saturday this time. The lineup's amazing. We're working with Climate Justice again. Uh, I'll say it, the most important DSA group. Whoa. Boom. Uh, Sound off in the comments. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're listening and you have an issue with someone at pete's candy store don't want to go on november 16th then there is a show nearby at 8 p.m at uh cloud city on north first street well i want to do show there you should uh kara jokey is the name is it conflicting with your thing what time's your thing yeah i think no yours is before is it yours at eight it's at eight yeah yeah so you, you can, you make can both. both go to kara jokey andrew's show sounds really fun and then come to keith's pete's candy store at like 9 30 yeah by gabe pacheco of the katie helper show Woo! boom tandem yeah and also uh i should plug this got a new twitter handle it is at bill cristal and I thought I was the only one who had thought of that nice little uh, play on a like Washington Crystal. Like Bill Crystal, Bill Crystal. Crystal. You spelled it like the champagne. No, Bill Crystal. Spelled it like the champagne. Bill Crystal, but the it was pundit. Taken, so I had to a writer. Do, yeah, yeah, like him. Member of the resistance, right? Yeah. Yes. Wait, so it was taken? It was. Yeah, but now Wait, it's Crystal it's Crystal won? with two L's. <laughs> so <laughs> still a valid <laughs> handle. And then we are the at the real left jest. Yeah, add us on Twitter at the Real Left Chest. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Aw, sweet baby.